Echo. 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 Boys, boys, boys. How come echoes are always so slow? I what kind of space I gotta be in? Well, first and then secondly, they have this room you talk about. It's the like quietest room on the planet or whatever. It's like most noise canceling room on the planet, and you go in and people like can't stand to be in there because it's so quiet that you like hear your own pulse and stuff. And there's like a like a very low limit on the amount of time. People can can stay in there. I'd like to go there. I don't remember where it is, but what kind of room I gotta get in? My echoes are. Oh, I like. I thought for a second you said that that was a place that you had, and I'm like, I'm jealous of that. I'd like to go there as well. It's my basement. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you know what kind of room I gotta get though? You know, it's always echo, 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 echo. I want like echo, 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 echo. echo. I want it. Echo, I want a lower echo. threshold so boys, I can whisper boys, and it'll boys, boys, echo boys. quicker. Boys, boys, boys. I just want to go. Boys, 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 boys. If we were a podcast that cared about the finer editing tools, we would actually have some sound effects, and then you can throw um, a cough tr- catchy lines that we have because we have a lot of really good lines. A lot of really. Well, good we've lines. been talking. We've been talking for a while about bringing on a third um, uh, Poe person to like man the boards or woman the boards, you know, to, to be in charge of the boards, to just push buttons. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've been looking at the budget. Not just push buttons. Like she or he would be empowered in an innovative and creative role as well. So if they want to bring something to the table. Um, well, I'm just kind and... of, we're getting great mm-hmm. filler every freaking episode. We need to have an episode that's just our. We have an episode that's we make a job listing for the, the third host. Oh yeah, for sure. Duties and, and I, yep, I feel okay. really bad because we're gonna put make it unpaid, and then some oh, yeah, poor yeah, person yeah. is gonna be like, "Yeah, mom. Yeah, dad. I I have a job." I mean, quite frankly, I'm the sound person for Po Boys LOC. <laughs> quite frankly, you and I are unpaid for these positions, and that was a raise. <laughs> well, they're they're actually the highest paid employee of Poboys LLC because you and I have both taken losses. Oh yeah, yeah. and we're beforehand. never getting that back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think, um, not to like you know get into the logistics and act like we're complaining about money because honestly, we're doing pretty well. Um, I think I t- I think we take a loss for the Poboys Emporium. Um, they charge like every, every like three months. If there's like nothing, they just like charge because you're like, you know, what? Use, they're, you're using their website. So like aye they aye have, aye. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now is uh, it worth 15 cents? Um, I think so. It's, it's well done. Po boys Emporium, um, on Etsy, get your swag on. Oh boy. So Josh, um, I got no news. I do have a topic that I'd like to get into before we get into our episode. Um, but if you have any news, hit me with it. I've kind of been out of the Star Wars area for the past four or five days. Right. Yeah. I've been a whole, a whole different area. Um, I don't, I mean, I've been looking, but I don't see nothing. <laughs> I've, been, I've been searching. <laughs> I think E3 is going on, but uh, no, no Star Wars games announcements that I've seen. So, mm-hmm. have you gotten rid of your, um, um 
squadrons yet? Oh, yeah, like a rabid dog. I put that down immediately. Yeah. No, it's gone. It's gone. And then, you know, why I already oh, mentioned man. on the podcast, it um, it then became the, like, free game of the month on PlayStation Plus. So now I have a free digital copy of it. Oh, right, 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 right. Cool. Yeah. So here, and this is, you know, kind of unique because we're probably going to get into the episode within, like, 15 minutes. Um, so to those um, challenge accepted. boys... <laughs> um you're welcome four minutes 20 um, seconds. i've been having i've had i've had this kind of internal debate with myself at different times and it's <gasps> would you rather have a battle scar or a tattoo hmm. um because for me you know um, i'm not going to get too into my personal details but i've got scars um battle scars specifically from <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the swole swole competitions I did earlier in my swole boy career before sure. I, you know, learned about um, just kind of better self care. So a lot of that was scars that I did, not self infliction, but just not knowing the proper technique and just kind of pushing my, like, again, Josh and I, we are, um, oh my gosh, what's, what's, What's um what's what's the correct word? Eudonuses of um, Adonises. Adonises of I'm um, assuming like we're I don't know what specimens. We're like very, very <laughs> fit. We're very, very swole. Um, but sometimes we're we're pushing our bodies past the human condition. And that's where I got my scars was um unfortunately my body was unable to um, handle all the weights that I was pushing and crunching. And you know, taking Pete, on big fan of crunching weights. Yeah, crunching weights. Crunches a lot of weights. So for me, I've had I've had scars like most of my most of my life. So I've always thought, you know, it's weird to get scars and a tattoo. I've never really thought of like tattooing a, within the scars. Um, that just doesn't seem super appealing to me. So would you rather have? And Josh, I'm not aware, of, and I don't want to out you for having tattoos if you, we haven't talked about it. Um, would you rather have battle scars or tattoos if it was an either or? Uh, I don't, I mean, I guess it would depend on the battle scar. If it was like a shark fight or something, that would be cool. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I am allowed to have a tattoo if I so choose and I don't. So I don't know. I mean, I have scars and if i were given the opportunity to not have them and instead have a tattoo i would not take it mm -hmm. so because the thing too is i feel like scars um they're earned right something you you went through something and you shouldn't be apologetic for that whereas Tattoos are just kind of this cheap capitalist system where it's like you look at a sleeve tattoo, and that cheap no offense to our no offense to system. no offense to our tat our tap boys and tat girls long um, cultural heritage of tattooing probably predates capitalism. Does it, you're calling it you're calling it capitalist. It wow. Listen, you you wow, look at wow, how, wow. you look at how much those tattoos cost. Okay, mm -hmm. you look at a sleeve tattoo. That's mm -hmm. over a thousand dollars. All right, mm -hmm. you know how many games of Squadrons or Fallen Order, which we're gonna get to, um, I could buy with that. 
I think like 10. No. Uh, 20? No. 18, 17. What's tax? Mm, okay. But my this point is, is like I went to a dance in middle school once and I was deeply offended when they played the Kelly Clarkson song Since You've Been Gone. And a bunch of my <laughs> middle school peers started a mosh pit to this song. And that's kind of, I think, how you're uh, treating tattoos right now. Is I think you're like, you're treating tattoos as those middle schoolers treated Kelly Clarkson. As, oh yes, this is not, not just rock and roll. This is heavy metal, baby. We're going crazy. And I think you're looking at uh, a very specific subsect of tattoos. And treating it as the whole. Well, the other thing too is I and only as deals in absolutes, buddy. It's it's um. Speaking of dealing in absolutes, one thing, and this is just an aside. I thought, well, I didn't think we we're gonna spend too much time on this. I do get offended when somebody sings the song "Scar Tissue" by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, because Red Hot Chili Peppers are bad. And I'm like. No, I like the, what? No, I I like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I think they're pretty good. That explains um, a lot about our relationship. And when somebody sings that song, I'm like, you don't get to sing that. You don't get to say that. You don't have any scars. Like, and the song's How not even. You about, know? The song's not even about like you know scars inside or like whatever. It's about like physical scars How that I can see know? on the legs or the arms <laughs> yeah. or your face. Uh-huh. Those are the only ones that count. Oh, okay. okay. Or I guess if you're like really into your scars and you like, I don't know, um, sh- like, no, legs, arms, and face. I'm going to, I'm doubling down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I just don't like it. I just don't like it. Tattoos, not for me. All right. But listen, um, <laughs> To our fans out there that have gone in the Po Boys um, ship, ship which, an, ship which, um, ship which, send us a picture of it. All right, yes, I, please I can, send I us can, pictures of your Po Boys tattoos. I can quickly change my opinion because I'll feel really bad for you for getting that. Mm-hmm. All right, so I will actually change my opinion to be pro tattoo if you were to do that. I am not condoning that. If you were to get a Po Boys tattoo which you can see the image from our Twitter and Instagram at mm-hmm. Poboys Podcast. And we could send you via email, poboyspodcast at gmail.com. I was going to make some sort of joke about your um, discrediting people with tattoos and scars that aren't on their limbs or face. Uh, finally driving our numbers down just into oblivion for sure. Um, so far as listenership goes, but now I'm wondering if your, I don't want to call it take no prisoners because it makes you sound tougher than what you're doing. Well, no, no, I, I, I am tough, but were you not listening to my story about the scars? <laughs> like, Josh, yeah, pay I've attention. I, I, uh, oh, you know, okay. Uh, um, <laughs> you've seen them. Uh, why, are you staring at, why are you staring at my legs? Do not stare at my legs. All right. My eyes are up here. Well, quit falling down all the time and then flailing your limbs up in the air like a poor little turtle. Well, uh, I, I that is true. I do need to like do leg day and I arm day off each I other. Uh, I do now wonder if the the strong but insignificant from a quantified perspective listenership that we have 
maybe they're here for what you're doing right now. Maybe I've been thinking about it wrong all along. I keep thinking we're going to have less and less listeners because every few weeks, one of the listeners we have is finally peeved by some bridge Pete decided to arbitrarily burn. But maybe that's why the people that listen are staying listening. And rather than your rants shaving off what few listeners we have, your rants are actually the only thing keeping them around. So two things. One, you think that, uh, just so we're clear. Um, that you are the all- reason for all the problems with the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Got it. Got it. Got it. And also. I'm that- just saying I'm pretty sure when we first started, Mark Hamill listens. And I guarantee you he doesn't anymore. Well, you haven't tweeted at him in a while. That's not fair to him. He's very busy. Mm-hmm. He he is. A, what have you done for me? Like, if, if if there's anybody in the Star Wars family that's oh, a, what boy. have you done for me lately? It's Mark Hamill. And they are our family. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but Mark has so many projects and, you know, so many people to inspire and to make their day. Um, I'm not Mark. I'm not upset at you for not listening anymore. Um, yeah. Okay, so to those listeners that um, binge podcasts like a normal person, um, don't worry about it. Um, and Josh, do you have any any more rants? Uh, I mean, I guess you are giving me a scar of the heart. Jeesh, I don't know, Pete. You got anything you want to say about people with piercings? Hair um, dye? Is that something you have a stance on? <laughs> Let me think. Hair dye? You want to talk about people that have an attitude problem? <laughs> well, I mean, there are some people that have an attitude problem this this week. Mm. Um, but we'll we'll kind of get we'll kind of get into it. Um, I wouldn't really phrase it as an attitude problem, Josh. But your language, not mine. I guess mm-hmm. we can we can get into that. So. Uh, we're gonna we're covering episode seven, Battle Scars of Soros Bad Batch, um, which is kind of why we had the scars versus tattoos conversation. Which and now, um, do we see a battle scar in this episode? Though, does Rex show his? He must. It's like on his head, right? It must have shown up. Because don't get me wrong, um, it's battle scars. But I mean, I don't. We see a band aid. I think I think you do see a band aid, which is where his scar is. That's not a scar though. Don't call it well, the scar is under it. Right, great. It's called then, a... don't, then don't call the episode Battle Scars. Call it Band Aid. If that's what you're going to show me, you know, okay, bandages. So We've talked about I... this in weeks past. We are now the only Star Wars podcast, you know, looks at the title and says, Is this the right title? And those are hot takes, and that's the extent of it. Yeah. Yeah, which is better content than what I was going to go into, which is who are these Rokai? You don't get to introduce a new syndicate. Yeah, and you don't with, like, even new... see their ships that well. Like, yeah, you, you yeah. don't see their ships that well. Not a single you, shot. You get this cockpit. like new lizard that's like kind of like a porcupine, but not mm-hmm. a porcupine, mm-hmm. and it like likes the faces, but doesn't seem like it's hurting anybody. And record just like doesn't like. I don't know. Scorpy is it called? I don't know. I was just I, the Rokai thing got me got me through a root and it's got got it's got me it's got me wilding out over here because this is a this is a trend of late in in disney star wars oh and i'm looking now and yeah wrecker's whole half of his face is like a scar already so there is technically battle scars in this episode so oh that's true that um oh and like a battle scar too it's like you could you could you could say that 
No, you couldn't. It's literally a battle scar. No, I mean, well, I mean, it's literally it's literally the scars of of the war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not literally scar scars on a human. Oh, her name. The lizard's name is Ruby. Animal body. So there's this. It started with Solo, and then it continued infuriatingly into Rise of Skywalker. Uh, and now we see it on a smaller scale here with the, I don't know, what did you call them? The Rohirrim. Um, oh, we're, we're just going to offend all of our listeners that love Rise of Sky. Fine. I'm going to talk about it first, dummy. Give me a minute. Um, Ooh, so now we're going to be. Solo, <laughs> I'm, I'll look, you got in the danger zone. You know, I'm off in a tear and you, you step in the way. I'm one of these kids at Toys R Us shopping spree with my little cart. And you're just like, oh, I'm going to stand in the middle of the aisle. You're going to get run over. Uh, in Solo, they have that whole battle of Mimban sequence. Mimbam. You never once actually see what the Mimbam people look like. I think you catch a glimpse of one at the very end of the movie. One of the uh, one of Emphis Nest's crew is from Mimbam. But that it doesn't matter when they take their helmet off because you've never seen that species before because they never show you when you're on Mimbam what they're actually fighting. So that significance is just gone. Um, and I only know what they look like because of the visual dictionary that Pablo Hidalgo wrote for, for Solo. They look really cool. Never see them. Rise of Skywalker. You got, like, arguably the climactic fight of the movie is zombie Palpatine's weird little not Imperial Imperial Guards with their weird little guns and Ray's taking out like five of them in that weird synced up battle. It's like a huge moment. You never get a clear look at what those guys look like. You never get a clear look at what they look like. It's infuriating. Like, why would you... You don't show them. And, and I don't even think they have what they look like in the dictionary. It's crazy. And so this is yet another instance of that. Obviously less infuriating. It infuriated me the most in rise of skywalker but and show us these folks listen listeners um echo boys fans po boys fans we are fluid fans all right one week we're like where's our new content you know why do we keep bringing all these different things from other um, parts of star wars and then when they introduce something new that we've never seen before all right we're going to go after that, too. We're going to be like, <laughs> we want new stuff. And then when new stuff happens, we're going to say, no, it's not good enough because it triggers us. True. It triggers us. All right. No, I, I'm, we're triggered. All right. It triggers us because it's like, all right, Rokai, how do I even spell that? Where's Conja Club? Oh, okay. Um, Black Sun is a thing. Crimson Dawn is a thing. Um, oh, all right. Is this like... Are they bu buddies with Jabba? What's this planet that they're escaping from? What's these little these little ships? What are these little ships going on? Like it doesn't seem like they can really do all that much. Um, I am looking forward to it. I do. I here's the thing I do like about the Rokai, and this is literally us talking about like what 15 seconds, like yeah. uh, 1.5 seconds of dialogue. Like technically, the Rokai stole it from somebody else, uh, according to Tech. Um, I, I do enjoy them expanding on it and I, I look forward to them trying to kind of dart back to it in some other sequence, whether that's a comic. <laughs> um, yeah, I think they oh, will. Oh, you just mean in the Star Wars universe writ large. Yeah. I mean, Not it might be a while. Like when they yeah. introduced those Avatar people in Star Wars Resistance, 
Uh, or like with, when they um, did Star Wars Resistance. Oh, that's not fair. I liked it. I'm trying to say, like, bring more. Yeah, I, mean, I like Star Wars Resistance too. I, I I like to but... put it on a more a higher pedestal than um, yeah. other people put put that's it. But what yeah, I'm saying. I'm, more yeah. callbacks. Feels like it more didn't th- get its due. Yeah. Where's the Blu-ray? It's fine. Yeah, so we see that getaway. Um, I think we are, with the inclusion of Baraka, and I keep saying this each week, we are past the trailer. I think we're officially past the trailer. I think we are, though. (laughs) I I say it each week, and I'm like, oh, trailer's done. And then it's like, oh, right. you know what? Actually, you know what? I don't think we are. I think there might be one one shot interesting yeah we could be we I, I feel like there was a shot in the trailer of Braca not on like a bright sunny day okay like dark in the dark or in the rain or something but other than mm-hmm. that yeah i mean i think we i think we are past the trailer and i mean judging from the end of this episode it seems like the next episode might be them trying to get off of Bronca, maybe. So, before we get to Rex and the, you know, big reveal of Rex that, you know, um, the casual fan didn't know it was coming, the the seasoned veteran um, Star Wars fan that poured over the trailer, provided detail analysis, yeah. obviously <laughs> knew that Rex yeah. was coming. And obviously um, noticed it and talked about it when they did an entire episode about the trailer that he was very clearly in. Yeah. And we knew it was so obvious that Rex was coming, which is why we, the seasoned um, movers and shakers in the Star Wars universe um, did not make a comment about it because we didn't, exactly. it was so obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can, compl- a hunter complains to sit about getting paid um, in a classic, like, this is why you need to unionize conversation, um, sure. which is great. And then Sid's like, listen, I'm not paying you because you are costing me all this money, which I actually thought was a very fair take. Um, it initially appeared as though she was kind of like overly greedy, um, which she probably is, you know, getting a percentage or a profit, which I'm completely fine with. Um, Cause we see that wrecker, is is running up a tab with Omega um, mm-hmm. to get some Mantel mix, mm-hmm. um, which is like some Ord Mantel mix. Um, I thought that was amazing that they had this like post mission kind of ritual to get a snack after every mission. Absolutely, and it's it's one of those things. Where it's like okay, yeah, there's there's definitely some stuff in this trailer we haven't seen. Um, I would say at least two episodes worth of stuff. So I I thought it was nice because obviously that moment, you know, you have to think if you're watching the episode in a bubble or it's like your first episode of Bad Batch, that moment establishes that there is a relationship between Wrecker and Omega and kind of the fondness they have for each other. And so like in hindsight, reinforces it. Right. Well, reinforces it. Or again, if it's your first episode and you don't know these characters, you know, it's it sets that up so that there's greater payoff later. But even in hindsight, like us knowing that going in and, and watching it a second time and being like, oh, that's sort of what they're doing. It's still a fun moment. And the two of them, I don't know. It's I mean, and because I almost said, oh, yeah, the, you know, Wrecker and, and Omega have like great chemistry or whatever. But it's, you know, it's the same actor who plays the entire Bad Batch. And the, uh, the actress who plays Omega have, have really good chemistry. But I am glad you brought up the Sid thing. 
because I almost forgot that I wanted to talk about that because it's like, um, you know, you make a point of like, oh, they are running up a tab and it's like, huh, funny candy and stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, in professional capacity, I've had to <laughs> I've had to take trainings like automated trainings once a year on trafficking, uh, combating trafficking in human or human trafficking and stuff like that. It doesn't actually apply to anything I do in my job, but for whatever reason, it's a, it's a thing I have to do every year. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a lot of the stuff they tell you to look out for is sort of the situation that bad batch find themselves in with Sid. Like, I feel like she has leverage over them Mm -hmm. and she's, you know, she's barely paying them. And then she's making up these debts that they have. I mean, not necessarily making up, but it is sort of, you know, there is a a way to paint that scenario in which, you know, they are refugees or, you know, that's not necessarily the right word because they're not, you know, indentured servants. Yeah, but no, exactly. It's, Mm -hmm. It's they're they're on the run. And have been kind of. Yeah, that's what a socialist would say. I mean, she's providing them safe. Oh, for sure. Yeah, tell us more about your NFT account. (laughs) And this is a classic Mm -hmm. philosophical debate that Josh and I have. So, I'm pro pro the employer, and he's, (laughs) you know, um, a defender of the worker. Right, unionize. It's just like the employer has the capital, all right? Like, Oh, what? They're not supposed to profit off of this? No, I agree. I would agree with you. It's it is. I'm I'm surprised you called it a lot earlier that like this is where they're kind of holding up shop and Sid's kind of like they're sending them out on missions, which was like 100 percent correct. Yeah. Um, it's definitely an uneven relationship. Um, I do feel like she is. It doesn't seem as malicious. It kind of seems right. like, and it's Star Wars, so it mm-hmm. hopefully would only get so malicious. But I yeah, feel like, like it's you know, not like Watto. Explore it. Yeah, it's not like Watto where it's like, yeah, like you're friendly and all, but like they're slaves. Like that's messed up. Yeah. Well, and it's, they can't leave. But it's also not the first time, you know, because they have that conversation with Omega when they're going to rescue the Rancor or whatever about slavery mm-hmm. and people people being sold. And I mean, to me, that is like the great ungrappled with portion of the Star Wars mythos is, you know, the Jedi really the nail in the coffin. I think of them losing their way was breeding people for war and they never call it like a slave army. But, Mm -hmm. you know, what with the with the limited amount we've seen of what a deserter clone has to go through to stay having deserted it does kind of seem like they didn't have a choice in the matter um so it's it, it is this kind of like huge thing that i don't think has been reckoned with in universe and i feel like they are touching on it here and there in this show in an interesting way that makes me think like is there are they going to have a greater discourse on this down the line oh i think 100 percent. i mean yeah. i think one of the goals i would imagine in like a like a strategy session at the beginning of like what are the things we kind of want to hit on and explain with this show is you know these clones go through all of this detailed in clone wars 
and how are they treated? What happens to them? So let's get into mm -hmm. the Rex part of, you know, we see Rex. Um, they're very happy. Um, Rex does and like Rex I'll... gets like the full like hero reveal treatment, which we've I think we talked about in the past where it's like the the kind of throwaway recurring characters that are so commonplace of today become like the grand mythic cameos of tomorrow. You know, it's like, oh, mm. that annoying kid Ahsoka who's in every freaking episode of Clone Wars. And oh, I just hope this is an episode that's just Ahsoka trying to find her lost lightsaber and then cut to Mandalorian season two and Pete and I are crying over Thanksgiving dinner because she finally showed up in live action. Um, and I think Rex very much gets, I mean, it's that whole buildup. He's got the hood on. Um, mm -hmm. He really gets the, the hero's welcome. Oh, for sure. And he not only gets that, he gets the references to like him being a Jedi of like, you know, the hood and kind of the mystery of it, of like being able to take out these two people very easily. Mm -hmm. um, not that, you know, he's a Jedi, but like kind of what you would see like um, Obi-Wan go through of like going into a bar and yep. kind of, you know, weaving himself quickly um, through that. Um, yeah, so we get an introduction. We get, you know, some a little bit of backstory about How where he Re was the hooded figure at the end of last week. Yeah, it wasn't Darth Maul. Thought? Like, like some, <laughs> <laughs> like some fans were like, huh, interesting. Which well, I thought it was Mace Window. Um, does bring me to an interesting conflict. Um, which I don't think we're ever going to have it explained of, you know, further what happens between Rex and Ahsoka because Ahsoka leaves and it's, it's basically understood that Ahsoka and Rex don't see each other until rebels, right? Like they, they, they lose contact. I mean, it certainly seems like they part ways, you know, but she hooks him up with the Martez sisters. Like, um, that's interesting because I could I could now I'm trying to because yeah it's like what were her steps trace their steps and I could definitely see one of their early steps being to call upon the Martez sisters for refuge and Ahsoka being like no this is someone I can trust or so for pickup too mm. but yeah. it is and then it's you know have Rex and Ahsoka gone their separate ways yet though or are they both and what is Rex's cabal that he's working with because that could mm -hmm. you know right now him and ahsoka could still be on the same team and he could just be like all right i gotta go do this mission you go do your thing we'll meet back at you know the marquez household um, well it's not just that though because i i said this last week is you look at the marquez sisters and you think similar to like emphis nest from solo it's like they're not in episode four five and six and the, they're not rebels, so the chances of them making it are pretty poor. Um, but we know Rex makes it. Yeah, um, no, we know it's a big galaxy, right? And we know Rex at some point, you know, drops out of the whole thing and starts, you know, going after slug monsters on a desert. Um, yep. So you know, there's there's Which a lot think of gaps. That, yeah, because it's them being on the in that desert planet. It very much felt like they were hiding out. Or like trying to stay quiet, which maybe implies 
like some larger scale action against the empire that they become associated with where Rex is no longer like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go make a casual trip to Or Mandel to see the bad batch. Mm-hmm. No, like can't do that anymore. Now I have to hide out in the desert. And I feel like maybe we shouldn't get too speculative into this Rex conversation because mm-hmm. clearly there's going to be in the next episode, a batch plus Rex versus the empire on Bracca. So a lot of those things I would I would presume are going to be resolved. We're probably going to see Crosshair next episode. Um, it would surprise me if we don't. Yeah, I mean, I figured we would be seeing Crosshair this week just because it yeah it, it had been a while. So, mm-hmm. so there's a conversation um, to basically get the inhibitor chips removed. You know, Rex is um, understandably very on edge about all of it. Um, to the point that Hunter's like, yeah, we'll skip doing a mission to go and fix this. And, and him, him getting uptight about it was a pretty awesome scene. Mm-hmm. When he was like, oh, well, you sure. don't have the chips out. And he puts himself between Batch and Omega and he's, he's got his hand on the trigger and he's ready to roll. That definitely oh, what, that was well played. What did you think about Omega being like, you're a Gen 1? I, I mean, I liked it. it. You know, it's the way she talked about that, the way she describes what's going on with crosshairs. I, I enjoy that part of her character where it's like she very casually and offhandedly clearly has this like deep knowledge base of what the clones are and like almost I think it's de- as a product, mm-hmm. which is kind of gross, but like that's how the Kaminoans think of them. And she was like the little helper to that one Kaminoan. So it's, yeah, I, I find that an interesting part of her character. Well, we've never seen a Kaminoan that is an ally. And we've never really had one that makes it to multiple episodes or is a, is a featured character. Mm-hmm. So I basically with Omega, we're getting background on what a Kaminoan would tell us because yeah. she has that um, dearth of information. Um, which I'm pretty excited to hear about and for her to explain how she's a Jedi and has the force. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, Maybe she'll even use it next week when they get into all that trouble. I mean, she didn't really seem to. Well, she did force hide, you know, like Uh, like her. uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) We're like, oh, she's in that corner. And I'm like, nope, force hid. I'm in this other one. I would argue once again this week, they set it up to be like, okay, here's where her force power really could come through. Like force empathy, which I think is a thing that we've probably seen before, probably not called force empathy, but you know, that, that moment came and that moment went and it did not happen. So another Mm -hmm. point for me who is like, Hey, not every child needs to be force sensitive to be special. Yeah. And once she is um, found to be a Jedi and Force sensitive, I get all the points. So... I can't. I can't wait for that to happen and for me to announce that I'm quitting the podcast. <laughs> so quitting Echo um, Boys. Echo Boys will have a different host. I'll be back for regular Poe Boys, but I'll quit Echo Boys. Well, we'll do a quick Echo Boys segment, and then mm-hmm. we'll just do a Poe Boys, and I'll be like, "Oh, did you hear about?" bad batch and then we'll just kind of completely ignore and I'll go, oh no i don't know what that is <laughs> um so yeah so we get um them sent to Braca, and mm-hmm. here's here's the timeline thing i i want to talk about so 
at this point, for Rex, Rex buries all of the clones. Ahsoka mm. and him part ways. At some point, he is with the Martez sisters and is basically in a commander role. Like he's telling them where to go. Yeah, um, that did seem that did seem to be the case. That's a good point. So some time has passed, and then in Fallen Order, it's been years when that yeah. when that when that comes up. And for um, Poe heads, Echo Boy, Echo heads that don't play video games, because um, they don't want to make that Venn diagram even smaller. This week, this episode, they go to Braca, which is a um, great—I wouldn't say great—junkyard. It's a junkyard planet um, where they send like wrecked um, Clone Wars ships, and that features prominently in the video game Fallen Order. Um, which features this Padawan um, who lost his master at the start of Order 66, and he's just starting to get into the Rebellion. Um, and the backstory for that character, not to spoil Fallen Order, because I like that like that game, his mission before Order 66 was uh, like securing Bracca for... The- he's presumably there. Was that even... You know, yeah. Yeah, he ends up yeah being on Braga. It, based on a casual, quick glance at some reference materials, I think Fallen Order is supposed to be five years after Order sixty six. So, so Cal like is definitely on the planet. Solo. Cal is one hundred percent on the planet, yep. and um, could very I, well show up. And in on Fallen Order, um, I don't. I would not want to see Cal. I don't um, think it would. I don't think it would jive with his his narrative. N- no, 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 no. It would make me have too many questions. <laughs> well, it's 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 also like he doesn't. You don't see. You don't meet a good clone in Fallen Order. So there's no like. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Kanan versus Rex kind of situation where mm-hmm. Kanan has to resolve some issues and you know come to trust a clone. Yeah. Cal just like fought a bunch of them and then basically doesn't have to deal with them again because in those five years, maybe there's some clones left, but it's mainly stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we don't, we don't necessarily know that, but we can kind of guess. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong, Josh, because it's been a while since I've played fallen order. You only do one level on it and it's like Braca and on like a rainy night, I think. Right. So we've never seen Bracca during the day. Right. And this is us seeing Bracca five years before that, mm-hmm. where there is a heavy Imperial presence. There's a heavy Imperial presence five years after this. Or five years yeah, after Yeah, five years yeah. after this. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, yeah. to be fair, though, the thing I always try and keep in mind is like, it's a whole freaking planet, right? Like, I don't know. Everything else could just be on the other side of it. <laughs> I don't know. It's big, but. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, at some point or somewhere, there's a shipyard on there, right? So, um, they they get into the ship. Um, very cool kind of imagery of seeing different um, facets of you know the remnants of the Clone Wars, which really evokes my favorite parts of of Fallen Order, or some of them anyway. I mean, you do get to kind of explore around you know, dilapidated ships. So it was a nice touch to, I I think they, um, 
similarly made that seem very cool and it looked interesting. Also, the water animation was crazy good. I was pretty impressed by that. I thought they really, the set design or whatever you call it when it is a, a 3D environment, I think they really knocked it out of the park with. Well, I actually got more kind of nods to Ray and her going through these oh, old yeah. Star Destroyers. Um, mm-hmm. I think they do a really good job of creating a set and then having to kind of change it and morph it into a wreckage. I think they do a really good job um, just writ large with Star Wars and that. Although it's you know only a few times that they have to really kind of show their chops. Um, according to Bad Batch Declassified for listeners, that's the Ugh. little blurb of the like five kind of things they highlight. That monster that Wrecker has a really cool fight scene with doesn't have a name. It looked like a Sarlacc, like a it very did. fast moving Sarlacc. It did. Um, but they did not. They did not name it. Yeah, they said I... it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I feel like I saw some sort of speculative article somewhere being like, oh, it's like a very big Dianoga, the thing that grabs Luke in A New Hope. I'm like, calm down. Dianoga. Okay. I didn't see one giant big eyeball. Well, you, the eyeball is the clear giveaway because right. the, the teeth are the, the reason I thought it was a Sarlacc. Mm. Um, although it's not moving very quickly. Not that like that's the only, you know, the episode six isn't the only understanding of what a Sarlacc would look like. It would make sense to me that there'd be a Sarlacc on there, but it's just such a specific character. Like here, here's the line from starwars.com. It makes you miss battling clankers. Doesn't it? It wouldn't be a bad batch episode without a near deadly creature encounter. The huge tentacled thing that makes (laughs) almost makes a snack out of wrecker is a glorious addition to the Star Wars monster roster. So it's something that's completely new, but at the same time being like, why don't you just call it a Sarlacc? A glorious addition. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate um, that, <laughs> that Bad Bash Declassified never editorializes. It goes a long way with me. Um, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I did I did genuinely expect some sort of comment about like, oh whoa, water sarlacc or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I mean it looked cool. I kinda, you know, it would have been cool to see how record gets away from it. But I mean it's guess maybe a callback to a new hope. You don't see how Luke gets away. Well you I mean he tells you, but you don't see it, you know. Yeah, the force. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get into a big part of the episode, which is yeah. Wrecker goes Bad first. Bay. Terrible idea. Well, because um, Wrecker's like actively in the yeah. throes of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I get it. I would probably do the same thing because you see somebody who's, you know, affected by it the most. Oh, for and sure. Then... I, I would have made you go first. Yeah. Yeah, because I am the strongest and um, I can kind of handle it. And then, I mean, Josh, you've seen me do what record did and just go insane. Mm. It cannot be stopped um, when I'm going on a rampage like that. And this is the record that that I've been saying. This is the record that I've been saying I want Mm -hmm. is like this person is a uh, machine that 
is the reason that Tarkin did not, you know, assimilate all of the Bad Batch. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, it made me because we we've kind of talked about in the past, like how Wrecker can every now and again get a little dopey, or like you know he's clearly very strong, but his combat skills are not always what they could be. Maybe because he's like you know, a bit of a goofball or something. He gets clowned every now and again, knocks his head on stuff, etc. Um, like when Fennec, we talked about Fennec being able to kind of dispose of him pretty pretty easily. But it was interesting in this, like once he's under the spell of War 66, he becomes like a very efficient killing machine. So, well, mm-hmm. I mean, arguably, I guess, very inefficient because he doesn't actually kill anyone. But he is his I feel like his body language changes and he he moves like much more much more precision. He's much more seemingly lethal. And I feel like that speaks to like Order 66 being more than like, I don't know, a brainwash thing. It don't, it's almost like it, I don't know, it turns off his personality and makes him into like a very efficient and deadly automaton or something. Well, he says that at the end when, you know, he gets fixed of like, I tried my best. <clears throat> Oh, I don't remember. Hmm, I don't remember that part. I don't know. He has a conversation Weird. with Omega, and she's um, like, "That doesn't sound like anything I teared up during or anything." I don't actually remember. Um, I don't remember that scene happening at all because what had happened was there was, um, you know, a lot of dog. My dog was shedding a lot, and I got a dog hairs in my eyes, and then I couldn't really. Uh, so I don't really remember that scene that well. I guess I couldn't see it because of um, all the allergies are no joke too. All right, like yeah. some people are like, "Oh, you're weak for having allergies." Ha 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 ha. Right. No, I'm strong. It's because Josh got very emotional that. about Wrecker and Omega's relationship. No, it's because of all the the dog hair. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. So yeah. Um, we, you know, we get like. Wrecker Rampage that we had wanted from a, a few episodes. Ago. It was kind of, and it, made, it was like kind of the Star Wars version of The Shining there. <laughs> I mean, it was. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like down to him pounding on the door with, with Omega on the other side. I mean, I guess they stopped short of him being like, here's, here's Jabba, right? Or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But as as it was pretty intense. And I mean the you know it's it's also interesting it just speaks to their uh the overwhelming competence of the the animators there where it's like that same kind of set that only moments ago I was like oh this is very cool and the vibe here is sort of like fun adventure exploring and then that same set and that same kind of atmosphere becomes like a haunted house and it becomes very intimidating and very intense. I thought that was pretty cool. I'd be curious a kid watching that um how intense that was like if that was maybe a bit much for i mean at one point you do viewers. think you do legitimately think that wrecker is going to take so uh, not so oh my gosh uh is going to take omega uh, omega and i mm-hmm. i thought it was going to be hunter like you know jumping in and one last attempt before they all mm-hmm. like jointly do something mm-hmm. um rex is the one that kind of jumps in yeah. um and you know he's the most um seasoned of um and i i don't remember i think he and tech get like hit pretty quickly 
or maybe they ran in different directions. I only remember that Hunter tries to take him on and jumps on him. Mm-hmm. And then he gets like choked uh, out, right? Or somebody gets choked I, out. He gets sm- slammed against a wall. Mm-hmm. And then Tech and um, Echo get like tossed aside re- relatively easily. Yeah. So they all get fixed. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, happy Dory um, with. Uh, probably I think the only transition episode we've seen so far that we kind of directly know what's going to happen, which is a showdown at, at Braca. It does seem that way. It does seem that way. I mean, based on some stuff I saw when I was just rewatching this trailer to see if we'd seen everything in the trailer <laughs> and it's, yeah, I don't know. It's cause I think if I hadn't seen the trailer, I could think like, Oh, okay. Maybe they'll just be on bad badges tail and they'll catch them the next place they are or something. But I got to really give it up for um, the, the writers of bad batch. Like they really don't, leave you hanging with these like long dangling threads. I mean, I guess, you know, there's like what will happen to crosshair or something like that. But like last week they showed you a figure in the hood today or this week, they immediately showed you who it was. And like, Mm -hmm. I thought the way that they handled wreckers kind of slow mental decline there was, was really cool. Like it never felt, I, I did genuinely like it took me a while to decide whether or not they were going in that direction because at first it did seem like they're kind of trying to subvert and be like, no, he's just his head, dummy. Um, but like, as they once they teased it out, they didn't make it like some excruciating thing. Like it moved along at a really good clip where it's you know they're giving you story development. Like they really, it, it feels like all killer no fr- no no filler here because they they just are immediately addressing things. I don't know. It's well, very they're, they're rewarding. rewarding you too mm-hmm. because it's like. You know, I think we've made a comment a, a few times, like, "Oh, and Wrecker's gonna gonna switch. Mm-hmm. Wrecker's gonna go after them. Wrecker's gonna go after them." So, you know, they've been building off of it, and they've been doing a great job. I feel like yeah. if we see when we see, I'll say when, because it's, I mean, almost a certainty when we see Crosshair. I don't know if they've done a good enough job with tra- with like the training. Like, if we don't see kind of a montage of like what Crosshairs has been up to. Because it's just that one episode where like Crosshairs like wipes out those um, refugees or oh that would be rebels. You, that's you just you got one line of dialogue can take care of that. I mean, mm-hmm. oh, I'm that Rampart guy. You've been on such and such amount of successful missions or or yada yada. But yeah, oh, forty successful missions. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Not an impossible mountain to climb no no or they could be like somehow you've been trained or somehow that chip's that chip is working perfectly <laughs> you seem to really like this you're so good at it or the well ow, i was more trying to allude to the somehow palpatine has returned wow you're you're <laughs> really bad I'm a fire. What what a, what a bad batch. Um, well, I'm just I'm getting it all out now because I have it on good authority that someone put an inhibitor in inhibitor inhibitor hip inhibitor chip in my head, and they're gonna activate it, and it will make me like Rise of Skywalker. And after that, you know who knows. Pete, if you had an inhibitor chip, what would it do? 
oh, um, it would stop me from making all these errors that makes you think that all the listeners are leaving because of me. I think they're pretty burning people. I think they're pretty conscious decisions. I don't think they're errors. And it would, I would make and a then, conscious. If I put, yeah, that would be if I inhibitor chipped you, that would be it. And then if you inhibitor chip me, it would just be like XQR66, and I would like go to Best Buy and buy the nicest microphone in the store. Hmm. <sighs> All right. Well, so next week, I mean, I don't think we have a title. We haven't really been looking up titles lately. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, next week, I mean, what you know, it's like, what is this Mobius guy and Loki gonna get up to? Can't wait to talk about it. I well, we can talk about that. We'll, I mean, we'll probably talk about it as a cultural reference, um, at, at some episodes, but yeah, do some Disney really is hurting for money, so do support their other projects. Oh, please, please. Um, with that, um, we'll see you next week for episode eight. I don't know. Um, deeper, deeper scar tissue. Um, scar tissue email. I wish you didn't saw. <laughs> um, healing the tish. Mm, that's not great. Um, that's Josh, not- give us a line before before we go. I just, my new inhibitor chip will just make it so you never say tish again. That's upsetting. At Po Boys um, Podcast is our Instagram, oh, check Twitter. Our email, check our email. Um, uh, checking checking the email. We have to have something. It's been forever. I I wonder if we did have anything. We have to have had an email. So much, so much is going on. It's been so long. Um, let's see. Let's see what we. What we ha- what we've had. It's been so long. I I'm I'm str- struggling to remember the password to our email. I'm logging in it. now. The uh. anticipation's killing me because my internet's uh, not um, being cooperative. And wow. oh, we had a new login to Twitter from Firefox on Windows. Mm. Okay. 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 And our and our boys at Anchor, you know, huh. um, had some stuff to All say. Right, well, bye, everyone. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> Always podcast at gmail.com. <laughs>